Tim's kinda dumb, let's help him get smart, it's time to teach Tim stuff. Hey, welcome to Time to Teach Tim Stuff, our first episode. Alright, we're doing it. I got Richard Dweck here, and he is going to teach me today about Power Rangers. I'm very excited to have him on, he's the host of a great podcast uh, what is it, Rich? It's called What the Heck, Richard Dweck. Yes, it is. I love the podcast. You interview like local comedians. Yeah, it was interesting because when I started it out in, I guess, 2018, it was just something that I used to, because I'm very uh, opinionated, I guess, so I was like, I'm just going to talk. And it was terribly edited. It was just like, it sounded terrible. But then I started using the mic and it sounded a little bit better. And I was like, okay, I can start interviewing people. And to me, my whole basis of it is, I know I've met all these, because I did, I've been doing comedy basically for, I guess, 10 years, 11 years, but right. with starting with improv and everything, and then I always wanted to do stand-up. Like, I became a huge fan of stand-up in 2010-ish, and who, it was just interesting. Who, yeah. Like, who, who's, like, your first guy? My, my first guy is so... Uh, it's just so weird to say that it was Louis C.K. All right. Because, like, everything that went down. But, like, with him, it was just, I think, to me, was the difference of comedy, like, that I expected. Yeah. Like, with him, when you first see stand-up, I guess, when you're young, you, you're used to the guys in the suit and, like, Jerry Seinfeld and that. And, like, for me, it was like, oh, there's this chubby guy in a T-shirt. I'm yeah, this yeah. chubby kid. I can relate to a lot of his stuff that was like about sort of struggling socially with yeah, people. So yeah. I was like, I, and also I just loved like getting into it and I was in the perfect period because that was when all the podcasts started and like, yeah, yeah. Everything was huge. So it was just huge. So I always wanted to do stand up. So I was like, well, all these comedians that I like, like Pete Holmes and all these people, they started an improv. So I was like, I'll start an improv. Yes. And uh, I had known that there was like an, a local improv group uh, that was run by an old drama teacher of mine. And uh, it was like super huge around kids that were a bit older than me. And uh, it was just super popular. So I started doing it. And my thing was, I'm going to do this for, I don't know, like not even six months and then try and do stand up. But there was no like way into it like we yeah, didn't have stand-up yeah. around us until i guess 2012 ish so i didn't get to do it until 2015 when they started having comedians open for us at uh the where music lives in asbury all right and uh we were doing shows there so i was always on the b team of <laughs> there were the a team and the b team of our improv and to me, I just could never do any voices. I couldn't do characters that much. I could just learn, like, the great thing for me was just being able to bounce off all these people that were amazing at it. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I just always wanted to do stand-up. So when I was finally able to do it twice uh, to open, even though I did terribly, I was like, I like, I instantly liked it and was like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. yeah. But it just annoyed me that I it, it took me so long to be able to get into it. Yeah. And, like, be able to actually do it. Yeah. But once I did it, like I said, like, my first time, the way I sort of explain it is I could have fallen off the stage or whatever, and I still would have gotten up, like, five seconds later and been like, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is fine. And, like, I had such a great time with it. And then 
what was so cool was just meeting all these amazing people yeah. over the years. So I guess like, comedic minded just people, people yeah. and being like, you know, it, it and for the basis of doing my podcast was interviewing people. It's just, I've known these people since I was 22 and now I'm 27, which is just crazy yeah. to be like, you know, to see different people and how they've grown up and stuff and way around them and new people too. And really like how our community is growing yeah. and getting yeah. better. So yeah. my whole thing is just, I want to give a platform to people who I think are, you know, amazing. Yeah. And, and one of the reasons I'm so glad to have you on as our first guest is I think you're an amazing interviewer. Oh, thank you. You, you like really know how to keep a conversation going and like also like how to dig to like, you know, the essence of a person. Like one of my favorite podcasts ever was you with Jordan. Like I oh, love Jordan. That was and that was that was such an interesting one because that was the first one that I was truly worried about. Because Jordan and I we get along pretty well, but certain things we just have like me, I always think like early in comedy. I wasn't and this goes back to I guess the Louis C. K. thing of just like not being I'm I'm too hard on myself of how I am socially. Like, the way I explain it is, like, you know how John Mulaney has that joke about how, like, he's not, he doesn't do alcohol anymore, so, like, he doesn't have the excuse of, like, oh, sorry, I was so drunk. Yeah, Like, yeah. that's the same thing for me. I don't drink. I just, you know, I'll do something or say something and just put my foot in my mouth. And that yeah. was a big <laughs> thing of just, like, what happened early on. Yeah. And I can just, like, I go back and I'd be, like, I look at things and I like to, like, be easier on myself and think, oh, you're 22, you didn't know, like, how to be. But yeah. I just look at certain things and the way I acted and things I said, and it's just, like, I was really worried, and we kind of talked about how it was kind of like an early Mark Maron episode of, like, I didn't know, I didn't think it would get heated at all, because I just felt so bad about yeah. the stuff that we had gone through. Yeah, yeah. So I was, like, I was worried about it on that level that was the first time i was really worried about an episode of the podcast because i didn't know if we were going to get into that part of our relationship yeah yeah because he's such a great guy he's brilliant and it's just sort of that that mix i guess of like how you interpret a person and how they interpret you and that's yeah. such like an interesting thing. Oh, yeah, there's such a big divide always between like how I think people see me and then how people actually right. see like like that's one of the big things like getting into stand up. It's like how is what I say and how I act going to be perceived? Right. And like that was it it's still like the biggest struggle to get over that yeah. and move on and past it. What's different to me is I think with comedians in just our like the section of entertainment business with comedians is we are way less, we are way more inept to socially interaction than other people are, like how yeah. actors are able to act. And even musicians are, you know, very skilled at socializing. I always feel like with comedians, like the way that I put it is I always feel like when we're trying to be like responsible and trying to be like cordial and businesslike, it's like we're infants in suits, like tuxedos. Yeah. Like we're just like, we're not, equipped to that type yeah, of yeah. like way so it's weird to like try and be like you know that's the thing to me is it's like try to act like a business person in a world that is not like that at all yeah, yeah. and it's just like constantly 
And I think the big thing for me is just like, I guess controlling your ego too. Yeah. Cause that's a big thing for me is I'm very like, I don't like to think that I'm egotistical, but I know I am. So it's like, there's a lot of pride in it because when you're funny and you have that trait, it's a trait that you're sort of proud of that you, you view it as a skill. Yeah. You view yeah. it as something that you can do. Yeah. So you want, so when things don't go your way or you don't get on shows or you don't get along with people, your thing is like, your ego, because it's oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm funny. I'm the. You have to think you're the fu- one, yeah. one of the funniest people in the room. Yeah. To do to have the courage to get on stage, mm-hmm. because that's the thing to me. So like, I just get. Like to me, it's just like I have to deal with the fact that. Of just controlling my ego and being like, I can't get too offended by, what other people think. I can just. Damn try and find the people that i get along with too yeah and the people that encourage you also to like that was so big for me like coming into the scene like after i did like my first couple sets i was like all right when do people tell me they love me like is it now or do i have to like ask them hey do you love me (laughs) i think do you like me please think i'm funny yeah i think with you what was so great and it's just like a testament to your personality too is you're very well liked because you're very funny, but Thank you're you. what's more important, like, is being able to be good to be around. Yeah. People underestimate that a lot. And I underestimated that a lot. Is you have to it's very hard because you don't want to come off as insincere. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to come off as you're just doing it to get ahead or get by. You just you gotta be genuine yeah and that's a big thing for me to learn was just sort of that with humility is like you know for me it was always you can't do stuff in comedy just to get ahead like everything you do like what i learn now is when i tell like newer comedians the only advice i give them is write as much as you can you know perform as much as you can and find the people that don't be so concerned of like okay, I got a network or whatever that means and just, like, try and do that. You got to find the people that you get along with the best, Mm -hmm. the people that you can surround yourself with that aren't toxic and aren't bad, and you get... That's the way you succeed. You don't have to worry about getting on the big shows and with the important people. What you have to do is you have to find real relationships with people and forge real friendships because that way you'll build whatever foundation you want. Yeah. Because if you just go through, oh, I want to get, like, this was me early on, it's like, oh, I wanted to get into this group, I want to get into that group, just so that they'll accept me and they'll put me on their shows. It's like, what are you offering? Yeah, yeah. Because for me, that's, like, the, the biggest thing. It's yeah. like, socially, you just have to find who... You just have to be genuine. <laughs> yeah. my yeah. main point. I, one of the things that was, like, really... it made it easy for me to be genuine coming into comedy and the whole scene was I was 34. Right. <laughs> you know, like I, I like I'm I'm kind of done with the trying to impress people. Right, like, exactly. At this point I'm just am who I am and like right. if you like it great if you don't. But like in that it's also my responsibility to be a decent person. Right. And that's what um Mark Henley told me. He's like so you've been coming around a lot, you're getting better and you know like 
you didn't do anything stupid and fucked up. So right. like, that's the big right. thing. Yeah. <laughs> like to me that was just always a thing that happened was I would always think that I fucked up like socially and then people would be like, oh, we don't care about that. Or, oh, people forgot about that and they don't care anymore. And I'd be like, oh, that was such a bad social faux pas that I did. <laughs> and I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I shouldn't have, you know, gotten too offended or emotional over something. Or, And it was just so easy a thing. So it's so weird to, like, look at it in the way that people sort of look at me. Because I think, like, why am I so beloved when I've done all this Stuff that I think is terrible. Yeah. So it's like, it's a weird thing to be yeah. like, to have that sort of like approval rating. Yeah. You're like, why do yeah. I have such a high approval rating when I've been such a piece of yeah. shit to people? <laughs> one, one of the things that, that I've found like throughout like my life is like the things that keep you up at like 3 a.m. and you're like, oh, I can't believe I said this and right. that. People like, don't think about it. Yeah, you're the only one thinking about what you said. Nobody else is like, "Why did he say that in eighth grade?" Like, right? Like, so it's it's funny that we take like responsibility for our actions, but usually only when it's negative. Right. Yeah. You know, like I I can't think like I'm not up at three a.m. Like, oh, remember when I helped that old lady? That was so great. Right. Like I can't fall asleep because no, like, I'm thinking <laughs> that thing with you. So. To me, it's always been that. And with comedy, I think it's such a it's such a weird thing because you meet people that you know your entire life. And then the thing that annoyed me was like the people was like when different people like just mean different types of people too. It's like when I first started doing comedy, I was like, this is great. I wish I knew these people when I was younger. Like not even in high school. Like I would have gotten along with these people if we were like five or six years old. Yeah. But yeah. then I look at it and I'm like, that's the type of person that would make fun of me in high school. Why are they doing comedy? They shouldn't be doing comedy. They're too attractive. They're too whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Then it's like, you got to learn to coexist with people. And that's a big yeah. thing too, is learning to coexist with people because yeah. that's really the main thing is you're dealing with people. Yeah. Like, and that's a big thing with comedy is dealing with the most fragile people. Too. Yeah. So yeah. it's a big, like, it's a place of egos and personalities that you just have to get used to. Yeah. I think one of the reasons, too, is because, like, so everyone is literally displaying their art and their art is themselves. Right. And, like, doing that or being getting prepared to do that or after you've done that, you are, you're raw. Like, that's, that's all. Everything is exposed. It's, yeah. It's like you pull back the skin on your guts and you're yeah. like, look at this. And I think <laughs> what's interesting about like the difference between us and when we started is you started in your 30s and I started in my 20s. And back then, I wish that I had some of the stuff that I had back then because I was way more opinionated back then. And like that was easy for writing jokes and coming up with stuff. Oh, yeah. Because now yeah. I'm way more laid back in life. And it's just like, it's kind of annoying because I'm like, why don't I have that edge anymore yeah. <laughs> of like, this annoys me. I want to talk about yeah, this. Yeah. This is like, you know, a lot of my stuff was like very like Mark, Nor Mark, not Mark. Nor Why do I say Mark Norman? Like Mark Marini, like type of uh, like right, yeah. vibe of like pissed off about everything. And like having a, like a very opinionated view of stuff. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, Part of it is that's good for life to get over stuff and be 
more uh, calm as an as a person. Yeah. But yeah, as an definitely. artist, that's very hard to be like, okay, how can I explain myself in a way <laughs> and like be able to form? Because that's the big thing is just finding a way to be interesting. Yeah. To people, because that's a big thing is finding. Because you like to think that there are interesting things about yeah. you and things that are. Yeah, definitely. You know, so, that's... to me, that's. A whole thing, yeah. That's and it's it's funny you say like Mark Maron because like his comedy is like a perfect his comedy arc yeah. is like a perfect example for what life is like. In college, you know everything and it pisses you off, and right. then you get older and you're like, I don't really know that much. Right. And exactly. You know what? I'm kind of apathetic about it. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm gonna buy a cat. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it's it's very interesting to like go through the like different things and the different ways that sort of my personality has changed and the way I've, you know, grown up and stuff. So yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. And it's interesting to see different people and how they've been. Like Jack Steiger. I've I knew him when he was in his like total craziness. Yeah. Like yeah. he was maybe mid twenties and like he's closer to thirty now. So he's way older and different. Yeah. <laughs> but like back then it's like knowing someone so different. And it's the same thing with like I'm having uh, Joe McAndrew on my podcast. And when I knew him, he was just like rising up of like going from that next step of like, okay, I've been doing comedy for like he's been doing comedy for like three years. He's like, okay, I'm going to go and do this hosting stuff. And then you just see that build and you see yeah. like the next projection. And it's so cool to me, especially for what I do with my podcast, is to see people evolve yeah. and go from one place to the next. Yeah. And be like, okay, it's possible for this to happen. I think that's the big thing with comedy too, is like when you get into it, you're like, when's it gonna happen for me? Yeah. And then you look at everyone mm -hmm. else and to me it's always being jealous isn't a bad thing it's how you express that yeah. and how it affects you like i yeah. get very jealous of people but there's no anger towards them or yeah. like bitterness yeah it's just the like you just wish that you yeah it's had way, that it's way, not bad to covet something you just can't hate the person yeah. that you're <laughs> coveting stuff yeah from. <laughs> it's what you do with the energy that that creates like when i see someone like kill like yeah. i'm like I gotta go home and write. Like, yeah, especially exactly. if I bomb that night. Like then it's like uh, I come home and my notebooks are like fold. I'm throwing right. post-it notes on the wall. Like right, it, it, it's it can be either motivate you or it can drive you insane. Right. And, yeah. And I think that's pretty good. Like the one thing that I sort of learned recently about myself was when I did creative writing and writing in general, my biggest problem was. I would start a project and I would immediately like get rid of it and start a new project. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to write this like script for this movie or write this book. And it's like, I'm making another one. I'm doing, I have another idea. I'll yeah. get back to that one later. Yeah. And what I d like about it now is like, that's how it is with jokes. It's like you write these jokes and you're like, you just have to keep writing new ones. Yeah. And it's not frowned upon. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, when you're a writer, people frown upon it if it's like, okay, I'm going to work on this book. I'm going to write it a whole year. And then two weeks later, be like, I'm working on another book. I'll get back to this. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it's like I like that being able to go back and hone jokes and look at them and still be able to write new stuff. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I really like about it. But 
the thing that's hard now with COVID and everything is there's no, there's very little uh, shows and places to yeah. move on. So yeah. for me, it's like, you know, I had sort of a system. It's yeah. like if I do a show, I work on all this material for, I don't know, the lead up to that show, whether it's six months or three weeks, and be like, okay, this is the material I have to hone. Yeah. And have this to is like, the chunk. this is the chunk that <laughs> gets on. And then when I get to perform it for people, I get to see what works and what doesn't, and then go back to the drawing board and see what happens. Yeah. But with doing like just the same open mic, even though I love the people there and I love everything, it's like I'm not working towards anything. Yeah. So I feel like I'm not progressing. It's not yeah. my fault. It's just the, the, the area that we're living in yeah. <laughs> with everything. But that's the worst part about right now is that it's the same people hearing me work the joke. Because you already heard the joke at its worst form right. the first time I told it. You told... That's me with all the things I'm not sure if people are think are gonna is this funny is that funny, but I know there's one funny part in it. Right. So then you you hear all this like five minute rants about sexting and there's like one joke in it. Right. And then the next time I bring up sexting, even though now I've added four jokes to it, yeah, the crowd's exactly. like, oh, this again, this isn't good. Right. And I think that was so, what's so endearing about you is, and it happens with a few people, is there are some people who, that, like, you see their material over and over again, and you get sick of it. And then there are people like you where I know you want to write new stuff. I encourage you to write new stuff. But your stuff is so solid and so great. Yeah. Like, when you did a, a sh you did a few shows, like, I guess the show that you did back when we started having some of them. Oh yeah, the um, uh, I I always cabaret. Yeah, you. cabaret. Yeah, yeah. You. like when you did the shout set out there, to Kelsey and Carl. It was just a great set, and it's just like I like seeing that, and yeah. I liked seeing it it in the process. Yeah, yeah, that's and becoming what it is, and seeing it delivered. Yeah, that's what's so weird. Like, cause like. You know, through podcasting, you hear about, like, the craft. Uh, right, uh, yeah. And then, like, you're, like, you think you have an idea of what it is. And then to work on, like, getting a tight set. And it's, like, right. oh, this is way harder than they make it seem. Oh, yeah. Like, this is intense. And it's, it's one, it's a struggle to get up. You got to drive here and then wait for two hours. And then originally, that's how I saw it, as me just, passing time until i could get up and do it and then i started to pay attention to other people's processes and seeing what and then i started to get interested in that so like there's like there's examples of mics where like i feel bad because i'm a smoker so i'm like in and out right know? but like uh there's there's mics where you go and like everyone is just waiting on their turn right and it, it's sometimes it's frustrating yeah but, but i then again, I changed the way I think. I said, if I can get these people to pay attention, right? Then I win, right? You know, like so. It's almost as if, like, it, I enjoy when people are kind of disinterested because then right. it makes me try. A it makes harder. you try harder. Yeah, and I think that's a great thing. And I think there's this, like, I wonder if that is common. You did music and stuff. Was that yeah. a common thing with people? Like, would other musicians would they stay and watch? other people or would they just do their stuff and then dip out and leave or whatever um they it de it really would depend so like i 
found that because music is so loud, right, and because there's so many pieces of it, right, it, it touches like a different part of right. a person it than does. comedy yeah. does. So like even even if you can tell like it's like not the best music, like people will stick around because one, it's just enveloping. Like it's it's loud. It's right. there. It's it almost numbs your brain. Right. In the same way that comedy does, like I feel like a a good comic will like my brain shuts off when they're like they're in control right. of my yeah. brain. But it's different. So like people will stick around like cuz when I was doing like solo acoustic stuff, yeah. Like it was it was part, you would learn from people in a way. It's kind of the same right. way you do in comedy. But like it would be more, it's not more learning like, oh, well, how can I adapt that? It's more I, I, soul learning. Right, Is yeah. it, it like Because it's comforting to listen to music. Right. So like, so, like bad comedy is uncomfortable. Bad comedy, yeah. But bad music is still kind of comfortable. <laughs> and like with bad comedy, I feel like I'm getting worse at handling it now, which is not a good thing to be at. Because it's a mix of, like, you want the people around you and whatever thing you're doing, I guess. And it's the same thing, like, if you're in a band or something. You want the people that are in that band to be doing well. Yeah. You want yeah. the drummer to be like, okay, you got to be here on time. You, got, you can't be late. You can't not practice. Yeah. And, like, with that, even though it's a solo thing, you still, like, to me, it's like, you can't hold everyone accountable to your standards of work yeah because people just have different lives yeah. and different things so like to me it's like i can't get so mad about it and uh yeah it's just sort of a it's a thing of like whenever i get angry about or like annoyed at what another person he's doing like not mm -hmm. working hard enough i say okay i gotta focus more on myself yeah, yeah, because you're seeing, like, that in yeah. you. Yeah, it's like, yeah, just, like, instead of, just focus on yourself, because maybe you're not all that great as you think. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, which, it's it's tough, because, like, so, like, being in a band, like, when, when you see, like, somebody, like, who's, like, you know, struggling with a part or really not, like, putting 100% in, it almost, like, then is like, an excuse for you to not put 100% right, in. Yeah. Like, I feel like in a band, if, if you have somebody who's a perfectionist and works hard and will call you out on the things you're not doing right, right. it will help you improve, and that'll make a stronger band, or you'll quit. Like, right. But with comedy, it's like nobody, nobody pushes you but you. Yeah. And you don't have anybody to live up to but you. Yeah. At and, the end of the day, really. And I think for the most part, some people, like most people, have the same goals. But that's the one thing that also I had to learn was people have different goals and outcomes that they're searching yeah. for. Yep. Some people just want to do this just to do it. It's just a hobby for them. Yeah. Other people, they really want to work hard at it and they have a goal to go to a place. Yeah, yeah. And you can't judge people for that. You can't judge people for if they just want to do this for fun and everything, you can't get mad at them for that. Yeah, yeah. You have to be like, but to me, I think if, at least if you're just doing it for fun, there should be a, you should still care about it. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you're, it's a, it's a performance. Bombing is not fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. You, like, if you want to have fun, kill. Like, right, exactly. Oh, it feels so good. Oh. Right. 
But uh, so, all right. So we're gonna we're gonna yeah, switch gears good, a little bit. Good, get good. onto the Power yeah, Rangers. Sure. The Power Rangers are kind of like a band where they're constantly oh, working constantly together. Changing. You know, yeah. The thing that's just so interesting to me about it, and just like wanting to talk about it, is there's a lot of uh, like misconceptions mm-hmm. of stuff. All right, well, how about this? I'll start with sure. what I know yeah, about sure, the Power Rangers. So, um, kind of came out when I was I was young. Yeah, I remember going to a friend's birthday party. Like, I had the bed sheets. I had the right, Power yeah, Ranger yeah. bed sheets. Um, we went to a friend's birthday party where we saw the Power Ranger movie. That right. was like yeah. a big deal. Like that kid was cool for like another five years right. just yeah. on that energy. Yeah. And um, I I liked the Power Rangers. I never really got into them because I never had the toys. Right. I had knockoff toys from English Town. Oh yeah. And I remember I was like ten or something. I feel terrible about this, but like my parents bought me those like knockoff Megatron. <laughs> and then like a week or two later, like I was so mad about having the knockoff, I destroyed it. Oh. And I feel terrible about this. Sorry mom. Right. Uh, <laughs> sorry dad. Right. Uh but like so like what I basically know is the um Mighty Morph Mighty Morphin Power yeah, Rangers. Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's my yeah, base that's knowledge. The, and that's a lot of people because there have been, you know, it's weird to say, like, they're coming on the 28th season, they're filming it now, and they started in October, and it's just so interesting how it's lasted so long, and part of the reason it's lasted so long is it's touched so many people, yeah. and that's the main thing that, like, is so annoying to explain to people about stuff, is, mm-hmm. like, the one of the major criticisms, especially of that first season, is people mistake what is they think is racism for just circumstance and people being not thinking <laughs> oh, like, because of the colors like of the, the ranger. Colors, yeah. because <laughs> what a lot of people don't know is yes they made the yellow ranger asian, <laughs> asian. <laughs> but the original act there was an original actress in the first pilot that was not aired that was uh latino so it was just like a circumstance that happened that it looked bad in context. Uh, so it's like they didn't have the plan to make, okay, this black guy's the Black Ranger. It just happened. <laughs> and then people were like, you know, that's not good, right? Yeah. And they're just these like, you know, they don't have any con, they didn't have any concept because it was two forces working together. It was like an American production and also a Japanese production. Yeah. So like they didn't have like the social like construct of knowing like what is right and wrong yeah yeah and that's what happens it's like you know what they ensue so it's like it's hard and now what's like so great about it and just like with everything that i see is it's so like if you look at power rangers now and over the years is it's so diverse yeah it's so diverse just ethnically and everything and it's just great and I wish people were able to see that more yeah. because that's just like it's sort of become a joke now that yeah. people sort of think that. Also, like it was the 90s. Right. Like, like, exactly. Duh, like everyone like yellow was going to be Asian right. in the 90s. Like, right. That was. Yeah. Black was going to be the black. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. It you was know, just like, like that's the thing. But it's just funny what that when that happens and it's accidental. And then I think they sort of when I look at it, it's like it's good. It's a good thing. But I think what was good about them was they sort of went the other way instead of being like, okay, 
they're making fun of us for not being diverse. Yeah. We're going to build our entire, you know, brand of who we cast, who we have on the show. It's all going to be diverse. Yeah. And also, like, the whole show is about them working together. Right. So, like, what, yeah. like, like that, that, that racist, uh, undertone is like, no, that's not the undertone of right. the show. The undertone of the show is like, come together to right. defeat evil. Right. Now, one of the things, so I did a little research. Yeah, uh, sure. Let's yeah. introduce my friend. This is Jamie here. Uh, I'm going to have my little robot helper. Oh. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting w about this was it started as a, a comic? Or did the comic come after? The comic came after. That's that's so weird to me because that's not the normal progression. Right. Of like, well, I think they had a comic in the 90s when it was hot. And that wasn't really like deep or anything. It was just like oh, it was a money grab. It was more of a money grab thing. They didn't really pay right. attention to it. Now the one that they've had since 2016 is really beloved because it has reached the audience that wanted it. All right. Like the thing that's sort of a mix is the show in its core is to sell toys, so it's for yeah. kids. <laughs> but all the audience is like. We're 20 and 30 years old now. We want <laughs> it to progress with us. Yeah. We want it to be treated the same way as people treat Marvel. Yeah. So we're like, don't give us just this kitty crap. Give us something modern that people our age can, yeah. you know, yeah. look for. We don't need it to be rated R or whatever, but give us a little bit of something that's more... Deeper, deeper emotionally and, and mentally. Up. And that's yeah. what's cool with the comics now is... They have, they've mastered that now where, okay, this is something that if you're an older person, you can show it to people and be like, this is actually, this is actually good. Yeah, yeah. This is actually something that's like as good as any other comic book or any other type of content out there. Yeah. It's like on par. It's like, okay, yeah. this isn't like just kitty stuff that you have to sort of be like, it's nostalgic for me. You can yeah. be like, this is actually good writing. This is actually good, like art. Yeah, this is actually good, like animation. Which that's so cool to me because then it's it's almost as if uh, like the fan art of it became right the art exactly of it. Yeah. yeah, and that's the biggest thing. And the thing that's interesting about it is it started with Japan, I guess, in the seventies. The big thing was like they had all the Godzilla stuff and all that, like that type of show type of stuff. So they wanted to go further with that and it was a way to that just was like a perfect mix because then the whole american thing was just well for our tv shows now with cartoons the whole thing became we need to sell toys of yeah. this stuff so they're like oh you want to sell toys we have this whole series from japan that is perfect for you yeah well, that's coming off like the back of the Ninja Turtles success. Right, exactly. Which is funny because they had the opposite arc. Like the Ninja Turtles, right. the original comic is dark and yeah. brooding and, and gory. And then yeah. the TV show is like, cowabunga, dude. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that is such a, like, that's also the same thing of like people. And also it's like what people see in it. Yeah. So that's what's so interesting is like the... Uh, like I said, the um, the American series is, you know, 27, 28 seasons. The Japanese one 
is coming up on their 46th. Oh, Because wow. they started in 1975. I, oh, I didn't know that. So, and their thing is, it's way better of a show because they sort of made it an actual, like, good writing show. Yeah. And some seasons are f- for an older audience and some seasons are for a younger audience. Yeah. Whereas with Power Rangers, the show is just all for children. Yeah. So it's like, there's no, huh. like, you know, you watch this show, you're like, this is the same as you watch, like, the Power Rangers in Japan. You're like, why is this treated the same way as Game of Thrones? And then the other one yeah. is not treated <laughs> that way. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just interesting to, like, see. And... Well, so, like, in, in revisiting it in my head and, like... Yeah. What I thought, like it was trying to teach me, was like I. This might be completely yeah, no. just me reading into yeah. it, but it was it was kind of teaching me that I'm gonna have to fight battles with the same demons in me right. over and over again, but they're gonna appear to me as new things. Right. So it's like I forget the two, the main, the guy and the girl. Yeah. Um, like those are like the things that you're going to have to deal with throughout your life. They're right. like always going to be there. Yeah. But they'll show up in different ways, right. in different monsters. Right. And through you and help from other people and also amazing uh, morphs. Right. <laughs> you can you can yeah. defeat, you can get past and these things. And it's such a great, you know, message from the show and everything to have that because I th- the initial problem with it, and especially I think with every other like thing especially with i remember seeing with the ninja turtles is like people are like yes yeah, for kids but why does it have to be so violent yeah <laughs> and that was like another thing too and it's like if you look at that's just how it is with people like you know they don't like things when they're like that yeah. but it's it's just interesting like how sort of things have evolved and to me what i just like about it is there's still such a story being built around it. Like, that's the cool thing is like yeah. seeing it grow and morph into different yeah. things and be like, this is. Well, now I, I saw. So, some of the newer series have a lot to do with like, um, what was it? Like, rescue squads, oh, like, like yeah. EMT it's so, and fire. Yeah, that and... sort of started in the early 2000s of they were sort of changing. It's so, it's so weird because uh, that was when they like straddled the line between like superhero and like normal hero. All right. It's yeah. like, you know, in the first couple seasons, it was, you know, the secret identity thing, the same thing of like, you know, they were celebrities, but people didn't know who the actual person was. Yeah. yeah. And then in different series, it's like, no, these people are just like viewed the same as like people in the FBI are reviewed or people yeah. or cops are reviewed. Yeah. Of like these are just people that we know that are doing a job. <laughs> and it's just like funny to go through the different like iterations. It's like, okay, sometimes they're like police and sometimes they're just like these weird samurai ninja wizards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's so interesting to see the different ways that it has. And the other thing is just like what you grow through, and what you see, like, that's a big thing for people is, yeah. you know, you look at stuff like a lot of the, like, seasons that I don't like. I can understand why I don't like them because they're for eight-year-olds and I'm, like, 14 at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting. But, yeah, like, how things have sort of and then, evolved. So 
I watched a, a couple episodes of the the Mighty Morphin Power, yeah. and it if you haven't done it in a while, I definitely recommend right. it, it. It's great because now it's got such a campy quality. Right, it's to so campy it that like it, it is great. It was it was funny to me. It's like, funny, it, yeah, and it, it brought back that nostalgia thing, and then right. I thought about going to see it in the movies, and uh, right, yeah, I, I enjoy. I, I really did enjoy it as a thirty-five year old. So, right, like and I that's really... what's cool to look at it now is to see like how everything is, and if you like keep watching it, especially that first series, is the first sixteen episodes are very campy and very like stuff, but when you get to the actual story, like when the Green Ranger comes in and everything. Mm-hmm. It is very compelling television, and you'll be like, this is, like, kind of crazy how this was, like, the Sopranos for little kids. <laughs> of like, this is actually a compelling story to listen yeah. and to watch. And the cool, the interesting thing is, during that time period where, uh, it's funny, um, there's this character, uh, Lord Said, who looks uh like great like he looks really scary and uh bring he... that up jamie <laughs> sorry I'm lord have... said with the uh, 2ds i think it is oh yeah yeah so with yeah him, i remember this what guy. happened with him was he was viewed as like the second in command villain and he looks badass right oh yeah super badass. so parents and i guess their kids complained that he would just was too scary so they changed uh, his personality to make him more bumbling. And sort of the personality that they gave him was like, he was sort of like the guy that always tried to look like scary, but then goofy stuff was happening around him. Yeah. <laughs> so he sort of just became this goofy character, but people hated it that when that happened, like fans hated that. Cause it's like the parents sort of ruined it. It's yeah. like, you know, they, it's like, we have this great, like cool looking character. And, like, when you're 10, you're like, this is awesome to look at. And he's so cool. And then, like, two weeks later, it's like, okay, they have to change the character. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, well, that's what that's what's so interesting to me about, like, a lot of kids shows is, like, you have to appease your, the the mom and dad yeah. demographic also. Yeah. And that's why, like, a lot of, a lot of like, um, shows... Uh, we lost video. That's uh, it on the video. Uh, um, but that's why, like, a lot of shows have the uh, what is it called? Like, um, double entendre right, jokes. Yeah. Because they're like trying to get the parents right. into it. But it's interesting with like an action that like you can't go too far. Right. Yeah. You know, and like sometimes it's good to have those limits. It's, it forces you to right. be creative. Yeah. And I think like that's an example of yeah. it. Where oh let's let's make this guy even campier and like right. oh like yeah he looks scary but right. like he's gonna trip over his shoelaces right you know? yeah so it's just interesting to have that sort of thing that happened and I think that's just like a constant battle within the show and with the fans is the fans are constantly eager and seeking it to be treated differently than it is always gonna be treated. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the big thing now is they came out with a movie in, I guess, 2017 that was a reboot. And that was not, didn't go over quite well because yeah. it still was viewed as too kid oriented, yeah. even though it was promised to be updated yeah. for like 
the more modern audience. But it's like, to me, it's like, I understand that people want it, want that version of it to be more adult, but that's never, ever going to yeah, happen. They're always going to stick to that one base yeah. of making it kid-based, yeah. child-based. They're never going to get away from that. Yeah. Like, we're never going to get, besides, like, fan-made stuff, you're never going to get a fully, like, okay, this is for 20 and 30-year-olds, yeah. Power Rangers, yeah. even though we want it so bad. Yeah, yeah. And See, that's the hardest thing with making a movie because they're just like, who's this going to be for? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing that I, I think will happen like long term eventually. I think that as like the cost of production and, yeah. and stuff goes down and like people are like podcasting to me is just the first uh, step of people taking control of media. Like, right. We're like right now we're at the radio phase. Right. Eventually, like the cost of things is going to come down to where like people are able to produce movies, and then you'll get like right the uh, more um, what is it called when focused like it'll be uh, I can't think of the word, but it'll be driven towards that crowd that right. wants that it, it it won't have to have a broad appeal right it will be able to sell and make money. With having that narrow appeal, right? And like, so like, I'm excited for like future things. I'll probably be too old to uh, to really get to experience, right? Like movies made for 300 people, right? You know, but uh, it with Power Rangers with with the nostalgia in it, like there there's probably money there to be made. Oh yeah, but also then like it's got to be such quality that like it drives people to oh it. Yeah. yeah and the big thing now is like just to see the like i don't pay that much attention to this but it is crazy like the battle of the like brands type of thing yeah of like okay so we just want to keep making the toys that's the main thing yeah, yeah. so we have to do this company but this company when they get their hands on it They'll ruin the show that people like. So people don't like when, you know, it's the same thing that happens when, you know, Disney buys a company. Yeah. And you're like, oh, great. Star Wars, rest in peace. It's like, (laughs) you know, it's the same thing. It's like Deadpool and stuff. You're like, oh, they're going to make it like different. Yeah, Yeah. And it's like the same thing. So it's interesting to see like the people and also how they're trying to keep it going. It's like. It's very interesting to me the the business side of it too yeah. of trying to keep it going versus like what the fans want. Yeah, the fans just want good stuff to happen. They don't care like you know people collect stuff and the toys and everything, and that's great. But mainly, people just want the content and yeah. everything to be good. Yeah, and see, that's the hardest thing. Like, you got to find a way to produce quality content. In a way that will like appease your corporate overlords, and, right? Like, exactly. So like, it, it's tough because it's it's definitely a double edged uh, saber, no, right? You know? Yeah, it is. So I I kind of wanted to touch on so a thing growing up that I never saw was like Beetleborgs. Oh yeah. So I know there's so, like a big yeah. Feud the thing with that was Beetleborgs and another show that I can't remember the name of. They were basically like sequel series where 
they were trying to build more of an empire and be like, that was more of like a studio type of thing. We're like, we like these shows. Can you make us more of them? And then what happened was those didn't go over so well because they weren't the same thing. Yeah. It was just like, oh, what's this like, even though it's the same people, it's like, what's this knockoff thing that they're doing? They're just trying to make it more popular and like taking off the thing. So that sort of lasted. And even if you go back and watch Beardworks, it's a very, like it lasted two seasons. It's also very like even campier and very, you know, funny, but it's just interesting to see like things that don't last. Yeah. And that's just like sort of America getting its hands on it and being like, okay, we want more of these shows. Can you make some more of these shows? And then it's like, the original is always going to be the most popular. It's like, you're never going to have yeah. these other series be as popular as your main one. Yeah. So yeah. that was a big thing. So and, it was kind of like taking the formula and like applying right. it elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So like, cause growing up, I think Beetleborg was Beetleborg is a cable thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. See growing up, like I didn't have cable. Like we right. got cable like a month after nine eleven, right? Because uh, that's where the the satellite dishes were. Right. So when they went down, we had Channel Seven for like two weeks. And my right. dad was like, "That's it, we're getting cable." We got like forty channels. So like that was like a great awakening to me, right? Yeah. But uh, I never like my friend actually. One of the lyrics in a song in this band we were in was Beetleborgs, not Power Rangers. And I could never figure out what he was saying because I didn't right. know what Beetleborgs was. Right. So, like, uh, that's when I learned of the feud. Right. It's uh, it's interesting, like, to sort of keep that... Oh, VR Troopers was the other one that they sort right. of tried. So it was just, like, it was more of them being at the... I guess, like, the studios coming to them and being like, we like these Japanese to American, like shows like what can you give us more to make more series of them yeah instead of being like you know what they should have stayed with and be like we have a good formula now where we can just keep using this one series yeah and just keep it going yeah they were like we want multiple shows we want multiple type of power rangers style shows yeah because that's what happens in the 90s you like you see stuff like it's the same thing with like movies and different stuff you'll be like people are really into transformers let's make everything a transformers yeah, yeah. and make it a knockoff of that yeah. and make it a you know well, same thing to... with the ninja turtles like everything was turtle based so yeah. you had teacher ninja turtles and then three ninjas and then surf ninjas and then the type of thing so it's yeah. like everything goes through like a phase of like what's yeah. popular yeah i think pokemon had a, a knockoff for a while right. and, and like it's always funny to me because like i guess my brand is knockoff. Like, right, yeah. Because, like, growing up, like, we would go to, like, English Town Flea Market, and that's where I got, right. like, 99% of my toys growing up. So right. everything there is a knockoff. Right. So, like, I remember, like, you know, like, wanting the the toy from uh, Toys R Us, but right. then, like, getting the English Town, and, like, looking, like, uh, like... Right. Really, like, it's up to me to make it that, right. you know? Yeah, but, yeah. like, uh... uh it, it I think that was very helpful and like to like kind of help me pursue my imagination. Right. Yeah, and that's what I think is really cool about like kid shows like the Power Rangers because like who would think originally? Let's make a show where these these ninjas right 
are also like kids in high school, right? And they fight. That was the big thing of but... pitching it to people because when they first did it, like no one would buy it, and then it just like was given a chance. And the thing to it was, it wasn't even. Like, they're like, we got to sell this show because we want to sell these toys. It's like their thing wasn't, oh, we want to make a TV show. We want to make it, you know, purely to make entertainment for children and do a good yeah. thing. They're like, no, we, uh, this other company, this other thing is making us, they're telling us, okay, you have all these toys, make us a show and get that show sold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like whole, a whole thing. Yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, if you're ever interested in seeing like more of the, I guess the formation of it. If you have Netflix, they have a series called "The Toys That Made Us." Oh, I've seen. And it. I've never watched. I've seen. They it, showed like, that with Power Rangers of how they created the series and everything with the toys and having to promote it to other and sell it and pitch it and be like, "This is what you can do." Because when they showed it to people initially, people were like, "This is way too cheesy. People are not going to like this." And what's funny is when they did it, test audiences and you test audience children, this yeah. is what's funny to me is like people are like, okay, we want this show for children. We're going to test our audience. Our audience that we're going to be our test audience is going to be adults. It's like, <laughs> no, put your, instead of making it CEOs watch the show, yeah, give put That's... 10 five-year-olds in a room and let yeah. them watch it. And that's initially yeah. what happened was like, oh, we showed this to, seven-year-olds and they loved it yeah and we showed it to our ceos and they're like we can't do anything <laughs> with this it's like it's not for them <laughs> yeah yeah like the kids are the ones bothering the adults to buy the toy it's not like the adult is like oh this is a cool toy like right. uh, you know? it's like what's this crazy thing it's like yeah. so well that's that it's Oh, this is what something I wanted to ask. Oh yeah, sure. So I, when I was watching it, you know, you watch like the acting scenes, or they're in right. the cafeteria, or right. whatever, where it feels very like Saved by the Bell kind of. Yeah. But then it'll like it'll cut into the the fight scenes that kind of seem like they're produced differently. Oh, were the fight scenes from the original? The fight scenes were for from the Japanese series, so those were all. Like they just take from different seasons, so that's what happens. Is they uh, all right. they take it from that, and then they incorporate, they mix them. So it's like you know mixed footage, and it just will be like very interesting because you'll be like, okay, we were just in like a park, why are we in like a city now? Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. you know, it's it's just funny. Like the way they sort of produced it is kind of genius in the way that they did it, yeah. but it still is like crazy to think about and the other thing that's like so crazy about it with the show is the one of the f crazy things about the show is they weren't treated all that well the actors like they weren't paid yeah as I... much as they should have been and it was really like the full meaning of a cash grab where it's like we're gonna make this tv show then we'll just get like a bunch of actors and it's so weird to think, like, if they had just done things differently and treated people a little bit better, things would have, you know, just been better for people. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there, there's, 
it there's like no character that has lasted throughout the arc of right. Power Rangers, right? Like I think even season to season there was kind of yeah. some cast change. So like they they started doing that uh, because like what happened was with the first few seasons, you had Sordon, who was the you know main. That's... He was the head in the tube, the guy that yeah. you know came that. So with him, when he died. It was, like, really heartbreaking for people and really good, but then it was like, okay, we need to keep this going. So their idea was, we'll just have it more of a bigger world. All so right. it's like, you know, this has been around for, you know, 5,000 years. You know, even though the show only has two seasons, our history of the show, like our history of our story, will expand on that. Yeah. yeah. So they can get more stuff from yeah. it. So it's just cool to see it like go through different phases, yeah. and it's so weird to think like there's only one season that's not like in a canon, but the canon is so like insane. Yeah, <laughs> like the all starts like okay, so this all started five million or six million years ago with basically the story is basically Zordon was this like sort of mystical like cut the guy and then he just started a battle with this evil like team and then what happened was that went from that just spawned off it initially started with like two people battling and then the person's like i'm gonna get my team yeah and build this team of teenagers <laughs> and then it's like well we'll just keep bringing in teenagers to fight this evil <laughs> well, 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 so like there's the little medallions and the belts, yeah. right? So, so like, that's like from like, you know, that's from the original, you know, not the original team of the TV show, but that's from the original team from the original story. Yeah, yeah. So that's like, you know, there's always been Power Rangers from five million years ago. So it's weird to be like, yeah, this is the first season of the show, but there have been, you know, millions of Power yeah. Rangers before this team yeah. that we don't see. Yeah. Which is kind of it's the way it's done in the show is so smart because they they establish the characters and you get attached there right. to their story first and then they're like oh let's expand out like right. into the universe in right. time. Right. They 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 left it so open to where you can go anywhere you want right. with it. And yeah, like, so that's like the funny thing is like to be like, okay, now we're, you know, and it'll be, you know, interesting to be like, okay, we're in, you know, 10 years into the future. And you see that with a lot of pop culture now, I guess, like with Back to the Future stuff, you're like, you know, with that show and other with that movie and stuff is like, we're making a show that's set in 2005. It's going to be 2005 in 10 years. And it's funny, like, we're going to see what we thought 2005 was yeah, going to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, so funny to see, like, it go. And it's uh, it's just crazy, like, how much they've just stuck by it and been able to keep it going. Yeah. And I think that's the big part of it is now you have people of different generations who grew up with different yeah. parts of the show. Like, so it'll be, like, really interesting, like, to see, like, little kids, they don't really have like a basis of knowing what it's more like lore to them. It's yeah. like, they don't know or yeah. even like, even if they watch it now, they didn't grow up with the original series. They only know the past 
yeah, five it's, seasons. Yeah, <laughs> it's like crazy to be like, yeah, it's it's a whole different. It, it's it's. I feel like when it came out when I was younger, it was new. It was so different. Like it was like the first introduction of Japanese culture right. into my life. Right. Or is it Japanese Chinese? Yeah, it's Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. Uh, and like, I have a friend who like loves Power Rangers. Like, uh, right. And now he has a kid, and now his kid's like, whatever. I don't right, care. exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's a, a same thing. And like, the thing to me that's so like uh, interesting is I always think like it should be treated in the same, I guess, reverence and same thing as people that love. Like, it shouldn't be treated so weirdly, I guess. Like, you always have that with stuff. Like, yeah. people look at it as, like, weird. Why are these adults into this? It's yeah. like, well, why are you people into Star Trek and Star Wars? Yeah. It's the same type of yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, I was thinking about that, too. Like, why Marvel movies are more popular now, like, or, or like, comic books are more popular with adults now is, like, I think it's just like a sign of the times. Like we have more time. Right. Like my dad worked two jobs. Right. And he like came home and he slept. He didn't like w- like want to go out to the movies. Right. You know, now like all my friends with kids like they come home and they're like, all right, well, what are we gonna do now? Right. Like you know. Yeah. So that and like entertainment is accessible at all times in our hands. Right. And, like, I mean that's really interesting, and it, I think that's where. You know, culture has kind of brought our nostalgia has become important because adults have time. Right. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna. I'm thank. Well, thank you for teaching me about Power right, Rangers right. and having me on. Or well, having. I'm having <laughs> yeah, you. Right. I, I'm not used it's to okay. like having this. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was great for the first episode. I want to thank you again so much. Uh, enjoy the Sour Patch Kids as a little thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, uh, I guess well, well, you want to give a shout out to um, you and do plugs oh, for sure. your podcast. Yeah. Uh, so um, let me just get my thing up because I know like people. Well, yeah. certain we know our people will be listening to this. Yeah, you know? yeah. like everyone, everyone. <laughs> yeah, shout out to so, Brian um, Bar crew. Yeah, so uh, I had uh, Sean McDonough was my last guest. Yeah, great I had episode, him, and uh, that went way well than I thought it would. And next, I have Joe McAndrew on, and then that's the uh, the 10th. All right. And uh, the 17th, I have Aaron Duvall on. He came uh, from Florida. Aaron. He's yeah. really great. Great guy. Jay Rashid is uh, the 24th. Yeah. And uh, Liam Wolf. Shout out Liam. His podcast is with Dan Caprio, the fellow housemates. He's going to be on uh, February 13th. And then February 20th is going to be Elazar. I love Elazar. So I have really packed out of just great comedians. And it's definitely going to plug all their stuff. And I'm really looking forward to interviewing just so many more that's the funny thing is like i look at like if you look at the list of just like the people that i have Uh, you you've literally i've been introduced to people from your podcast and like i've been going to mics for (laughs) a year and change now yeah and And it's like every time there's a new person it's like yeah that's the one thing that's gonna you know be terrible for the podcast is there's always gonna be new people so it's gonna be like Okay, 
I went from having to have like 300 people to interview, and now I have 500 people yeah, to interview. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I look it's forward great. So I'm to glad hearing that you like it. And I'm yeah, glad yeah. that you complimented me on my interviewing skills because I always want to get better with that. It's always, I think that's the one thing that you'll learn with doing a podcast is. Do I want to make this an interview or do I want to make this a conversation? Yeah, yeah. So that's the biggest like yeah, part of it that I think people that I realized this is the the, the main uh, trick with it. Yeah, is yeah. you have to blend it so it's both. Yeah, and yeah. be like, okay, this is not just being an interview. This is a way to. It's actually a conversation. Yeah, and yeah. actually a way to. All right. So, Thank I you. think we'll wrap it up there. Thank right, you, great. Dweck. Get one, Thanks shake so your much. Hand and uh, let's play us out, Tim. Tim's kind of dumb. Let's help him get smart. It's time to teach Tim stuff.